You're listening to Leave It to Neva with me, Neva Lee Reckler, the show that's changing the world one conversation at a time. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Leave It to Neva show. I'm your host, Neva Lee Reckla, and I am very excited for today's conversation. We're going to be talking all about standing for what's right. And if any of you have known me for like five seconds, you know that's something I'm really passionate about. I'm big in social justice and equality and human rights and making sure everyone feels loved and accepted for who they are. And our guest today is really awesome and she's great at standing for what's right. Her name is Cheyenne Hunt Major and she is a progressive advocate and attorney. She specializes in issues at the intersection of democratic erosion, which is a big word that honestly I did not understand for a little bit. She is into technology policy and human rights. And Cheyenne, you're just really awesome. I follow you on social media and it's awesome seeing the stuff you do for human rights. And like, it helps me educate myself because that's one of the biggest parts of like helping stand for what's right is being educated and honestly you help educate me so I appreciate you for doing all the work that you do in the world it's really awesome and I cannot wait for this conversation yeah thanks for having me on Neva it's it's great to talk to you today yeah and you've been in my life for a really long time how old was I when we first met I think you were maybe three years old. You were, you were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was about 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy. So it's cool to be able to have this conversation with you now. That's a lot more grown up than the conversations we probably had when I was three. Um, yep, definitely. <laughs> so I want to just like get straight into it. So, what are your superpowers and how do you use them to change the world? Yeah, you know, I think my superpowers I inherited from my mom and grandmother. And one of them is a really deep soul connection Mm -hmm. to being of service to other people. And I think it's something that everybody can tap into, but it's something that I have been keenly aware of my whole life and, and deeply committed to. And that has led me down a path of pursuing my skills and talents and developing them such that I can use them to make a difference. And I think the developed superpowers that I certainly wasn't born with, but have refined through education, practice, whatever, um, are um, uh, a really deep understanding of the ways that law and policy affect people in their everyday lives Mm -hmm. and a um a learned skill and superpower has been communicating that to anybody and everybody and no matter their their politics their education level communicating that in a way that anybody can understand so that they can get plugged in to what's happening and how it impacts their themselves their families their communities and the world that's awesome and I think it's really important to be able to recognize that like a part of the social justice and equality conversation is understanding our rights as people and without that understanding you don't really know what needs to be changed And so I think it's really awesome to be able to like educate people on that, especially with topics as important as this. Yeah, absolutely. I think my opinion on it is really that 
if you are committed to making a difference, taking a stand for what's right and standing for other people, those in need, you have a duty to stay abreast of what's going on. You have a duty Mm -hmm. to understand things that maybe don't personally impact you, but to stay educated, stay aware and keep your eye on the ball because truthfully democracy, which is the the system of government that really protects freedoms and liberties is a fragile thing. It is incredibly fragile and it takes deep commitment to the principles of freedom, liberty, and respect for all to maintain. And if you are, if you take your eye off that ball for a second, we can lose it. And so as people who are committed to making a difference, It is incredibly important, even though it can be difficult to wrap your mind around, even though you might think it's boring or how does it apply to me, keep your eye on what's going on and Mm -hmm. and be aware and and do the work to stay educated on what's going on because that that will always make you a more effective advocate and it will also make you a more empathetic leader and somebody who can really see how things are affecting others outside of just yourself. For sure. And I think that's so important to recognize because even if something doesn't directly affect you, it can affect others. And having a basic understanding of what our rights are and stuff like that, especially since the world and the policies are continuing to change. um, And so much has happened in the world in regards to human rights that are being uprooted. And there's a lot of fear around it. Like um, I remember when the Don't Say Gay Bill um got passed and even though I'm not personally affected by it just feeling like oh wow it could affect me in the future and things like that and like how scary it can sometimes seem I think having a good understanding and being educated helps us make it seem like a lot less scary like it doesn't change the importance of it but it makes it seem like an easier conversation It's absolutely an easier conversation. And I think that, you know, something that's important to recognize too is, especially in reference to something like the Don't Say Gay Bill, is when we look at movements in history where minority groups have been oppressed and they've had to really fight for their rights for equality. Mm -hmm. You look at the civil rights movement, you look at the movement towards marriage equality in this country. What really begets change is the people who are not affected, the people who have situational societal privilege, getting involved and taking a stand for what's right, even though it doesn't impact them. The civil rights movement really started to move when people in the North, specifically wealthy white people, finally saw the violence on TV and said, this, I can't stand for this. And they jumped in and they got involved and made themselves allies to the cause. And all of that groundwork that was done by the people um, in the South who were really personally affected, like that was the vehicle for change. Absolutely. But the thing that can really tip something over and bring it into the mainstream is when the people in power go out of their way and acknowledge a situation that does not affect them and jump in and take a stand for what's right. And I think we're going to see similar things coming forward. If we want to stop this movement that is really brewing um, in places like Florida under Governor Ron DeSantis to oppress uh, gay kids, trans kids in schools, 
and to criminalize um, the idea of giving people gender affirming health care, you know, it's not going to be, it's not something that we can reasonably expect these mm-hmm. minority groups to handle on their own. They are absolutely outnumbered by the hate and oppression that they are facing. And so it is critically important that even though we're not personally affected, we stay up to date, figure out what's going on and how we can fight back in alliance with those who need us. Yeah, 100%. And I love this conversation already. Um, Yeah, I think it's, it's such an important conversation and like, it really can't be emphasized enough to have a good understanding of I think everything that's going on in the world, whether you're personally affected by it or not, because I think when you have an understanding, it builds up your empathy and it builds up how you're able to make change and uneducated leaders can't really make that much change. So educating yourself makes a really, really big difference. And that's really important. Um, So right quickly, I think we should go into a break because I think after the break, then we can just like fully dive into this topic. Yeah. Um, so really quickly, where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah. Um, you know, I am really active on TikTok because I'm committed to taking these difficult kind of political topics and making them accessible to anybody. So Cheyenne Hunt Major on TikTok is where you can find me and, and find, uh, some of my issue advocacy. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much for that. Go check her out because Cheyenne, you're really like you're really great in these spaces and obviously it's kind of like your profession stuff like that but I appreciate hearing it and being able to learn from you as someone who's younger and trying to get into these spaces because it's important to be able to like bounce off of everyone so we can all make change together because it'd be really difficult for just one person to make change so thank you for having this conversation with me and for those listening also make sure to come check out superpowerexperts.com and join our community we invite you to come check out CIFA if you want to stay grounded so you can have big conversations like these and make change. We encourage you to come check that out and join our community because we can't wait to love on you and see you there. Awesome. So we've been talking all about standing for what's right, and we'll be right back after the break. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Rekla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Okay, we're back and we've been talking all about standing for what's right. So Cheyenne, before the break, we were kind of talking about having an understanding for things like our rights and the things that are going on in the world and being an ally. And I kind of want to talk about being an ally if you're cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So as someone who identifies in the LGBTQ plus community, one of like some of my favorite people are allies because we kind of need y'all to be able to stay around and have our rights and stuff like that. Because whilst we can't, minority groups can make change on our own, it's a lot easier when we have other people outside of the group supporting us because 
if you're not being personally affected, but you have an understanding for what's going on and you're willing to help, then that can make an even bigger impact than just one group of people fighting for change. Because when we all work together, then our voices seem louder and we can go farther. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah, so I want to ask, like, it's a really bold and abstract question in my opinion, but how does someone become an ally if it's something that they haven't really thought of before and they're like, well, that seems like a lot of work. It seems kind of boring. Like, why would I want to understand something if it doesn't affect me? Um, Like, can you try to sell people on being an ally and why it's important? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple things that I think about when people are resistant to jumping into a movement as an ally. I think there's generally two kind of camps that they fall in. It's either like, I don't know, like, it doesn't affect me. Why do I need to understand it? Um, you know, it's a lot of work for something that doesn't impact me or my family. And the other side is, well, you know, I don't want to step on other people's toes because I'm not the one that's personally impacted. Like, I don't want to take attention away from the leaders in this community who deserve it. And I don't want to, you know, pretend to be able to speak on something that I don't have personal experience with. And I think there's a way to really address both of those things. I think if your concern is, you know, why should I jump in? Why should, if it doesn't affect me, you know, what I will say is one, there is, um, you know, value in having empathy for other people. (laughs) And, you know, that's, that argument is a little bit more difficult for me to relate to personally, just because, human suffering is human suffering and discrimination should never be tolerated. And, you know, whether it affects you or not, like I would, I would like to live in a country where people, uh, you know, have the freedom to do, do and live as they want to, so long as others are not harmed in that act. And, you know, they don't need to face discrimination as a result. So, you know, that's, that's one piece of it. And secondarily, I would also say as somebody who has expertise in democratic erosion, which I know you said was a big word you weren't (laughs) super familiar with, which is fair. I don't think a lot of people are. Democratic erosion is an area of scholarship that examines the idea that democracy is incredibly fragile. And in the last 20 years, we have started to move in a direction, not just in the United States, but also throughout Europe and globally, where we are seeing the norms of democracy that protect our rights and freedoms as uh, you know, people in a voting republic are being destroyed or compromised. You know, we've seen it um, a lot in the United States since the 2016 election. There's been you know, tons of things that we would say are unprecedented that have occurred in politics that have eroded people's confidence in our systems of government, in our courts. Um, you know, things that we, 50-year-old Supreme Court precedents that have been overturned and freed, like, fundamental constitutional rights that people, 50% of the population have lost. Um, and that's, that's a really, really scary thing. And what happens with democratic erosion is it usually starts by targeting minority groups. Mm-hmm. And then we backslide. It's a slippery slope when you start taking away people's rights. And eventually we could very well easily come into a a world where something gets impacted that affects you and your family. And so, you know, if you're hesitant to jump in the fight because it doesn't impact you, it will, it will, you know, we, I did a lot of organizing and protesting after the Supreme court overturned Roe v. Wade. 
And other minority groups who weren't impacted really understood that concept. There were a lot of people who, a lot of LGBTQ people who, you know, are genetically male that were jumping in. And even though, you know, their reproductive rights were still protected, they knew what this meant. They knew that the backsliding was coming and it was coming for them next. Yeah. So that understanding is really critical. And then, you know, just to mention the other side of it, which is if your hesitancy is more so, you know, I don't want to step on the toes of other advocates who are doing work in this space. And I don't really think that's my place. And I want to give them credit and everything. One, they absolutely need your credibility as a person who is in a position of privilege. Like you'll, you're standing in solidarity with them is helpful to the movement and to moving the needle forward. But what is critical is making sure that you make space for their voices and that you honor and respect their lived experience. And so, you know, you don't ever presume to speak for somebody who's living a type of discrimination that you're not, but you can always use your platform to highlight the injustice that they're facing. And so, you know, that's a learned skill. And I would encourage people who are nervous about it to have conversations with people in that community. You know, if you want to stand as an ally to the LGBTQ community, but you're cis, hat, straight, whatever, have that conversation with somebody in the community and say, how can I stand with you and be of service? What can I do to support your cause? You know, and I'm sure that they will have that dialogue with you because they're, they're looking for allies and, you know, there's a place for you to jump in. So don't let, um, you know, being afraid of stepping on someone's toes or they're saying the wrong thing or taking the spotlight, you know, take away from that drive. For sure. And also I'd add on to that, be willing to admit that you don't know everything. And oh, yeah. one of the, like the best allies are the ones who know that they don't know everything, especially if it's in a situation where you don't fully understand the discrimination or what it's like being someone in that group um, of people is asking questions. And if someone points something out, not getting offended, because you never know, you might think something's okay. And then someone brings it up to you and they're like, Hey, that's actually kind of offensive or whatever. And just be willing to learn because like, we're a lot, I feel like everyone's a lot more willing to work with people who are willing to learn and like, that's what makes a good ally is being willing to educate yourself and let others educate you. So you can actually use your voice for good. And I think these conversations get really uncomfortable for a lot of people. I mean, they're not small conversations and small dialogue to have because like human rights are being affected. And at the end of the day, that's, that can be really scary and that's so, also exactly why we need to have these conversations. Exactly. Right? You know, I have somebody in my life recently who just, uh, you know, said something to me about, you know, it used to be rude 30 years ago to talk about politics. Like you would never <laughs> talk about it because, you know, it just ruined like a social gathering. And so, you know, it was, it was unheard of that you would talk about it with somebody. Yeah. And I, I sat there and thought, yeah, well also 30 years ago, you know, not so it wasn't as common for people's basic human rights to be on the chopping block politically either yeah you know like these are conversations that we have to have and just because they've become uncomfortable and they've become partisan you know it's unfortunate but it's also important 
And even if it makes people uncomfortable, you know, this is, and there's ways to have you, there's times when, you know what, like, if you have a really racist uncle and you know that it's, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to move that needle, like, Mm -hmm. fine, like, you know, don't make, you don't need to ruin Thanksgiving dinner. But, you know, when you are sitting in a circle with somebody who, you, you know, you have, you have an opportunity to have a conversation or, you know, somebody makes a joke in your circle of friends and you're like, Hey, that put down somebody and that's not okay. You know, we're not gonna, we're not going to do that here. Yeah. It, it's important. It's, it's an important thing to do to not let these things become normalized. 100%. And as someone who's faced a decent amount of discrimination for my identity and stuff like that is when people have an understanding and they have empathy towards you, it can make a whole lot of a difference. I uh, I just recently walked away from a church that I had been attending for four years um, because it was getting to the point where I couldn't be myself anymore due to the discrimination and a lot of other reasons as well. And I remember I was telling my friends that I was leaving and I thanked one of them for always just like being accepting towards me regardless of whatever it was regardless of the fact that the people weren't accepting and she was just always chill with who I was and that made a huge difference especially being in an environment where you know who you are as an affected and being in an environment where like I was told I was going to hell I was called slurs I, I was harassed multiple times and things like that and so having someone who's just there for you and is an ally and accept you for who you are and you don't have to question it, it makes a really big difference. And so like, and even though it's uncomfortable and even though it it's scary and you don't always know everything, like these conversations still need to happen. And yeah, they do. And you know, yeah. before you say anything else, it's like, we want to hold the space to acknowledge that even though that's such a common experience for so many people to have to walk away from different spaces, whether it be a space of faith or members of your family or a social circle, whatever it is, because you face discrimination, it's not okay. And mm-hmm. it's painful. And I want to acknowledge that you know, that's an experience that you've had. And I, I'm really sorry that that's something you've had to deal with already at such a young age. Because it's, it's just, it's not an easy thing. And sometimes the most powerful thing that you can do as an ally, it's not political advocacy. It's holding a space for somebody to have a conversation and know that they're safe, mm-hmm. you know, and like, some of the most powerful allies that we have are that friend who, you know, you can talk to and go to that just loves you for you yeah. and, you know, isn't going to put you on trial for your choices on, on who you are and, and, you know, things that you can control and things that you can't. And I think that that's something I think about a lot too, is sometimes the picture's not, it doesn't have to be that you, you know, you're the one giving the speeches at the rallies to be a powerful ally. You can make, you can save somebody's life by listening and from a place of acceptance. And, and thank you for acknowledging that. And also like, there's no one way to be an ally. And I love that you said that, like sometimes the biggest way to help people is just being someone there to listen. And that's really important. Also something I want to point out is something I 
it's something I've always known, but recently it's something I gave advice to other people, but have just now recently started following for myself of someone else's discomfort or someone else's comfort should never come before your own safety. Oh yeah. That's huge. That's huge. And because there's so many times, especially like I'll just speak off of my own experiences as someone in the LGBTQ plus community of where I was up against someone who didn't agree with me um, or they, I know I just knew they didn't like me or they were saying things to me or I was in an argument with someone about it or whatever. And one of the biggest things is I never tried to hide who I was because someone else was uncomfortable for who I was because there's so many moments where I feel like people felt like they have to hide who they are or put away their voice or shove themselves back into a closet or not identify in something that's a part of their culture or who they are, whatever, just because someone is uncomfortable with it. And quite honestly, we need people to be uncomfortable for the change to happen because a lot of good things come out of friction. And if someone is uncomfortable, that's on them, not on who you are. Yeah. And I will say too, you know, there's, there is value in letting people sit in their discomfort and really think about why, because, you know, that's on them. Like you're not in that. However, you know, something that I've learned in the advocacy space as I've gotten older, because my initial, my initial outlook was if they're uncomfortable, it's on them. You know, if I'm going to go to, if I'm going to go to a protest and I'm going to hold my sign, that's like pro reproductive rights. If I'm going to have these conversations with people who are being outwardly sexist and, you know, get in these debates, like that's on on them. And I'm going to stand where I stand and to do anything less would be, you know, being a lesser advocate. But what I've also learned is, the your life is more valuable than that argument. So if you are 100%. in a situation where you feel unsafe, you feel the tension escalating to a point where, you know, you don't know what somebody's going to do and that's becoming more and more common these days. Political yeah. violence is rising in the United States at a rate that is truly alarming. Yeah. And I had to learn that my life is uh, my life is worth sometimes prioritizing safety over advocacy. And it sucks that that's where we are. It really does, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make you any less of an advocate or an ally or whatever you are. If you walk into a room and you know, you just feel that gut sense. I, it is not safe for me to be out here. It is not safe for me to make it known you know, X, Y, and Z, because that happens and it's becoming more common. And I do want like, especially young people to know that like, that does not make you a traitor to the cause. It really does. Your life comes first. 100%. And especially if you're someone who's literally fighting for other people to have the right to live their life, you're, and it, it does suck that it has to get to the point where it's like, okay, am I going to stand for what's right? Or am I going to be quiet? So this person doesn't do something bad. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't 100%. It doesn't make you any less of an advocate. It doesn't make your voice any less valid. If you put your own safety first and 
quite honestly, the people who act out in violence and I had a conversation with my mom about this around like the conversation around like abuse and why we put such a big like it almost seems kind of like a pedestal that we put people on who act out in acts of violence right of like it's not I feel like the people who act out physically to harm others just because they disagree or just because they're uncomfortable they they aren't really deserving of that much respect and so of course be cautious and of course be careful and just know those people don't really deserve your respect in my opinion (laughs) no they don't and the truth is you know if they're in a place where that's how they're going to respond they probably don't have an adequate understanding of the issue to have an argument and so it's generating a rage that then can become physically violent. And a lot of the times, you know, politics is inherited. Like we, we get a lot of these beliefs from how we're raised. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, so much of politics has become so rooted in preservation of one's identity, particularly conservative politics. You know, it's really become rooted in the idea that, you know, in order for me to protect myself, I need to, to be against the other, anything that's different. Yeah. And it it can manifest in ways that are very threatening and violent. And yeah. so like the, those people are not in a place to have a conversation and no. to have hearts and minds changed. And, you know, you can, you can do whatever works for you. You can pray for them. You can wish them well, you can walk away and, you know, secretly be like, F you, <laughs> like, whatever you need to do to preserve. Yeah your life and safety and, and, and do what you need to do. But, you know, if they're in a situation, if they're in a place where they're going to respond with violence, you know, just a conversation isn't worth it. <laughs> conversation isn't worth it. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I do feel sorry for them. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of value I get in my life from interacting with people who are different than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the different perspectives, it's brought a lot of joy. It's brought a lot of new experience and, to have your universe made that small by limiting beliefs about other people is, it's sad. It really is. Yeah. It sounds like a really boring way to live your life, quite honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, 100%. And like, we need to start wrapping up and I'd love to like keep talking about this. I always say that like, there's so many conversations I could just like keep talking about for days, but these conversations matter and they're important to have. And also sit in your own discomfort around these conversations because there's real emotion behind them. Like I remember when I was talking with my parents and um, they're the ones who made the decision for me to leave the church because it was getting to the point where I couldn't really make this call anymore. Uh, Cause I was just kind of wanting to stay cause I was scared to like leave. And I remember when we had that discussion, it was like coming to terms with the real hurt that's behind that. Um, and I've talked about it a little bit, but the discrimination I faced and the friends that I've lost because of it, it's like, it's really easy when you're in it to want to ignore the fact that, that there's emotion behind it to make it seem less scary. But sometimes we need to admit the fact that it hurts so people can actually see why it needs to change. Because if there's not emotion behind it, then it can be really difficult to see the importance, I think, sometimes. And so admit the fact that 
it can be scary and admit the fact that there's real pain in these conversations because that's where the change can come from, in my opinion. Well, there's that. And there's also, you know, this idea that is part of kind of the advocacy community that you just keep going, right? You, you yeah. go through painful situations and you face discrimination and then you do, you keep going, you keep talking about it and you, you know, you stay strong and, you know, you don't acknowledge when something has, has hurt you. Yeah. And that just, that's going to lead to burnout. You know, part of being a good ally, a good advocate is making space for you to feel those difficult feelings engaging in meaningful self-care, whatever that is for you, whether it's counseling or therapy, whether it's taking a walk, meditation, giving yourself space to really process the super difficult and emotional thing that you are going through and to make space for yourself and invest in yourself to get grounded again in who you are, your sense of self and your commitment to your cause And there's, you know, it's something that really gets left out of the conversation a lot about social justice advocacy. And that's a shame because we, it's, you get high rates of burnout, you know, and it's, it's self-care is essential because it is, like you said, highly charged. It's a difficult, difficult thing to engage in. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't always feel strong. Like, I'm a... I'm really big in the social justice and equality spaces. And there are some times that these conversations make me feel hopeless. Oh yeah. And that's okay. It's okay to admit it. And I think quite honestly, it it would be kind of concerning if we didn't have emotion around it. So it's okay to not always feel strong and it's okay to sit in the discomfort and all of it is okay. And also even though these conversations are scary and even though there's a lot that has already occurred, I mean, even just in my almost 13 years of being on this planet around social justice and human rights and all of that, that does not mean all hope is lost. And we are making steps in the right direction and it's going to be okay. At some point, we're going to get through this. <laughs> yeah. Martin Luther King always said that the moral arc of justice bends Wait, oh my gosh, not me not like knowing this quote right as I said it. I'm super dyslexic. And so sometimes things that I go to say just get jumbled. It's okay. My words rarely make sense. <laughs> the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards <laughs> justice. Oh, That's- I love that. And yeah. Martin yeah, Luther King Jr. was absolutely amazing. So Take his wise words and yeah. usually I, I have that written. Um, I'm not at home right now. I'm traveling, but I have that yeah. quote written near my, on my desk because you, know, you, have that. These, you have these long days and, you know, I work with Congress members all the time to try and get bills passed to protect people's rights. And it, things very rarely actually go the way you want them to go. And at yeah. the end of the day, it is helpful to remember that, Things may go up and down. It may feel like we're backsliding, but the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Yes. Well, oh, this is a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for talking with me around this big and bold topic and for like a 40 minute discussion. I think we did a pretty good job covering the basics of this conversation because it goes so in depth and there's so much to it and it's so diverse. And 
there's no one way to be an advocate. There's no one way to exist. And there's, it's okay to admit the fact that there's feelings and emotion behind it. And all of it is okay. Except the part where we discriminate against people. That's not okay. But the rest of it is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so thank you again so much for having this discussion with me. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Like in one sentence. Keep your head up and keep your eye on the prize because together we will win. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Cheyenne. This has been a lovely discussion. To those listening, just stay hopeful and it's going to be okay. And be an advocate, be an ally, use your voice and know that we're strong and we're going to get through this. And if we work together, it's all going to be okay. So thanks again so much. We've been talking all about standing for what's right. And until next time, love yourself and love others. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.